This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Over half a million DACA recipients are in a new kind of legal limbo. The Fifth Circuit Court struck down deferred action for childhood arrivals, ruling it illegal. DACA is a policy that allows undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children to live and work here without fear of deportation. So what will this mean for DACA recipients here in Chicago? Joining us now is Dulce Dominguez. She's the development director for Alianza Americas, an immigrant rights organization. She was a DACA kid and is now a DACA adult. Welcome, Dulce. Thank you for having me. And here to offer a legal perspective is Arendira Rendon. She's the vice president of immigrant justice at the Resurrection Project, a community organization in Pilsen. Ere, thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you. You're also a DACA recipient. So yes. this is hitting home for, for you both. I'm going to start with Dulce here. I wonder what went through your mind after hearing the news. I think for, you know, the last couple of weeks, it's been a lot of numbness. Um, there was a lot of news of when it was going to drop, when it was going to drop, and we were going to have news. Uh, and then we finally did. Uh, and at first it was, you know, I, I did kind of breathe a little because it's like, okay, it, it hasn't been terminated yet. I can still renew my DACA. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, deja vu. We've been in this for, for years now, so it's the only word that I can use to describe it is, is exhausting. What about you, Ere? What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, the the good thing is, um, well, the only good thing about this is that it continues a program for folks that already have DACA, um, and it does take it down to, uh, uh, you know, to the same circuit court, which um, is going to be difficult given the nature of the court um, in the Fifth Circuit. Um, but um, I think, one, it is we believe the wrong decision. Um, but also, you know, many of us have been undocumented before, and, we're you know, we have DACA, which protects us. But I think many of us were all prepared to stay um, and um, continue to fight until we win um, legalization for all. Yeah. What have you heard from your, your clients? I mean, do, do they need any immediate legal help? Yeah, I think there's still a lot of confusion. Um, you know, we have had DACA been closed now for some time. So everybody who qualifies for DACA um, but can, you know, and has never been able to apply, we get a lot of questions about when they will be able to apply and if they'll be able to apply. Um, for folks that currently have DACA, um, you know, the questions are, should we renew quickly, even if our DACA doesn't expire um, for, you know, another year, another year and a half? And unfortunately, right now, USCIS only accepts DACA applications if they're three to four months out of being um, expired. Um, so I think folks are trying to figure out what's the best way to prepare. How does this impact my job if, you know, if DACA does go away and my um, authorization, my uh, employment authorization card expires, what's going to happen? Um, am I going to be able to continue to work? Um, and how am I going to be able to continue to, you know, live my life, pay the bills and pay rent or mortgage? Um, most folks are adults, and so there's very real challenges there. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I w- wonder if you could just remind us, especially for those listening who may not be all the way caught up, what exactly does DACA do and, and what doesn't it do? Mm-hmm. So DACA is uh, protection from deportation um, and a work authorization for two years. For folks that came into the country before turning the age of 16 and came in before 2007, um, there's some other requirements as well. um, But those are the general um, kind of uh, guidelines. um, Mm -hmm. And folks are able to make sure that they're not that they're not deported from, you know, the only place that many of us have been able to call home. um, And then also during that time, um, work, um, legally work in the U.S., um, which means, you know, many of us have built careers 
um, and have um, been able to do the things that most of her peers are doing, such as buying homes, buying cars, starting families. Um, and so this, the SODACA really allows folks to be able to plan ahead, even if it's only two years. Dulce, can you explain to us how you applied for DACA in the first place? Yeah, so the first time that uh, um, I attended a DACA workshop was uh, 10 years ago at Navy Pier where there was like 12,000 people that had arrived just to learn about what was happening. Um, And a year later, uh, I went to a a local attorney that my family had been working with, uh, and I was able to apply. Um, There was a lot of fear. I think that we still have a lot of fear around what it meant to share our information, to come out um, and be... Uh, you know, in a way, a little bit more public with with the legal system. Um, so it, it was an intimidating um, decision to make for myself and my family. Um, but we are grateful that we did because it really has changed um, all yeah. of our lives for for the better. Well, you know, the the Trump administration tried to end DACA, right? But a federal court blocked them. Now another federal court is blocking Biden's attempt to protect DACA. How has it felt for you to have all these courts? And, and presidential administrations just arguing over your simple right to be here? It's very disheartening. Um, often I think about the fact that, you know, my life is being decided and thrown, tossed between courts. Um, you know, that the way that, w- that they talk about DACA recipients or undocumented persons like my family, it just feels like it's very dehumanizing. Um, and a lot of times I think we're just seen as, you know, words on a paper as opposed to like actual human lives. Um, that are planning essentially for two futures, one where we're able to continue to remain in our home and do all the things that Edith just mentioned, uh, and another to prepare to possibly be deported and, and separated from our loved ones. Edith, as a DACA recipient yourself, how does that feel, having all this discussion surrounding whether you have a right to stay here? Yeah, I think it's um, definitely disheartening is the right word. Um, there's a lot of um, ambiguity, you know, should I, I, one of the, I just bought a home a year ago and part of the reason why I hadn't is because like, how can you plan for the future? Um, but mm. you know, at the same time, like our parents did it, my parents bought their home a long time ago and they're still undocumented. And, um, you know, we know that this is a struggle and that, um, this, these decisions don't make it any easier. They make it more difficult for us to be able to plan, um, but we will continue to make sure that we're advocating for our community so that we can stay here, so that we can get uh, completely legalized. Um, and, you know, we also do the work locally to make sure that states like Illinois and cities like Chicago um, do the best that they can to protect us. Yeah. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, now that a federal court has struck down DACA, that's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, We're talking about what it will mean for DACA recipients here in Chicago. Our guests are Dulce Dominguez, who's an immigrant rights activist and a DACA recipient. And also with us is Eret Rendon, Vice President of Immigrant Justice at the Resurrection Project. Uh, Sticking with you, Eret, I mean, it sounds like the court's going to allow current DACA recipients to apply for uh, an extension. Just help us understand what will need to happen for your clients to Mm -hmm. get that extension. So um, DACA recipients have had to apply every two years. We have to, you know, pay the fee. We have to go through another background check. Um, and we have to update it, uh, USCIS or immigration in terms of um, where we live, where we have lived. Um, and we do that every two years. Um, the current uh, ruling uh, continues that. Um, so folks, as they approach about five months of their 
um, DACA expiring is really when they should reach out to their either nonprofit who is who is serving them, like the Resurrection Project, or their attorney, or mm-hmm. um, if they do this case, their cases on their own, um, start getting ready to reapply. And in about four months of your um, DACA being expired is when you should submit your application um, for renewal, so you make sure you get it back in time um, and you're not kind of risking some um, some overlap time where you're not protected from DACA. I see. Are there any signs of how long the extensions will last? We don't know. Um, This is going back to a lower court, and we will see what the lower court rules. Um, And then um, my, uh, you know, and then there will be an appeal. Um, And so (laughs) what we've been seeing for the last, you know, four or five years of back and forth um, is probably is likely to continue, perhaps until this gets to the Supreme Court. There's wide precedence of, um, you know, prosecutorial discretion that the president has, um, that, they, that the, every president has in terms of how they choose to enforce immigration policies, given that, you know, there's only so many resources. And so we do feel that DACA is lawful, mm-hmm. um, and we hope that ultimately it will be protected. What was the process like for you, Ere? Oh, to apply? Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, I actually volunteered um, when those 12,000 folks arrived at uh, Navy Pier. Um, I applied in, um, uh, I want to say September of 2012, and I got my DACA on November 19th of 2012, and, mm-hmm. and I quickly applied for my Social Security number and then quickly went and got my driver's license um, no to yeah. be able to drive safely. Um, and it was a year, actually, that we were fighting for driver's licenses for all undocumented in Illinois. So the day after I got my driver's license, I drove down to Springfield and kept um, kept advo- you know advocating so that everybody could get a driver's license wow. and our streets could be safer. Um, so I want to you know I think that that says a lot about our communities um, that we are you know when we're given the opportunity to be able um, to do things that protect us, we do, and then we continue to make sure. Um, that the rest of us are also protected. Is there a legislative solution that would make DACA permanent? Yes, the DREAM Act. Yeah. Um, so we want the DREAM Act to pass fully. Um, we've been waiting since 2001 um, and advocating for that. Um, and we need to make sure that we get over whatever hurdles and whatever roadblocks there are um, past the DREAM Act so that we can, Dulce and I can become U.S. citizens. Yeah, Dulce, is there legislation that you would like to see uh, that would help DACA recipients, maybe just something at the local or state level even? I think um, what Eddie just mentioned about the DREAM Act is something that we have been waiting for, um, but also like having uncertainty on what the political landscape is going to look like in the coming months um, does bring a lot of attention to what the president can do administratively, uh, as well as what local and state governments can do to either open access to certain benefits uh, access to education or uh, setting parameters for, that will keep families safe, either around public spaces or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so as there is a lot of uncertainty, there are uh, opportunities for state and local government to really step up and, and protect these families. Any thoughts there, Ere, about state and local governments and what else they can do? Yeah, at the state level, we've been working on um, making sure that undocumented immigrants can qualify for health care. Um, so right now it starts at the age of 42, um, you know, and so that means that we have a current gap of folks that are 19 to 42, which is actually the DACA population. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we continue to expand that, that Illinois continues to lead the country in, um, you know, allowing uh, all folks that live in Illinois to, um, to get health care 
health care coverage, um, the state could continue to uh, open up, uh, as Lisa mentioned, more educational opportunities. Um, it did pass the RISE Act, which is, was historic and allowed um, undocumented students to be able to qualify for state assistance. Um, and then, you know, we want to make sure that we continue to expand um, what kind of benefits that folks can um can take it can qualify for regardless of their immigration status mm -hmm. um the city has already also expanded um the star scholarship for city colleges and so we live in a relatively good space um but there is more that can be done around access to legal services yeah. around access to health care um and um around access to educational opportunities yeah good points well leave us with this i'll ask you both this last question your message to the undocumented kids who are coming into the U.S. today who are ineligible for DACA? You first, Ede. Oh, um, you know, I didn't get DACA until I was 26, so well into my adulthood. Um, and um, and the challenges are very real. It is very challenging to be an undocumented adult. Um, it's challenging to be an undocumented child, but even more so to be an undocumented adult. Yeah. Um, but we have a great, uh, we live in a good place in terms of being able to go to college um, because we have access to in-state tuition as well as some assistance. Um, and then afterwards, there's a lot of organizations um, that are able to and willing to help in terms of navigating the world as an undocumented adult. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we can, we've, we've, there are a lot of us and you're not alone. There's help out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Dulce? Your message to those kids? I think uh, oftentimes in, in the immigrant rights space, we all, we like to say that, that home is here and that we are here to stay. And that is just very, very true. And I take that to heart. And I hope that others um, that are in this situation as well know that uh, we will not stop, but we will continue to fight uh, to make sure that uh, we are no longer treated as uh, political pawns, but that our, our lives are humanized. Um, so similar to Ede, like there is many, many of us uh, and the fight will continue. Dulce Dominguez is a DACA recipient and the development director of Alianza Americas. It's an immigrants' rights organization based in Chicago. And Ed Rendon is vice president of Immigrant Justice at the Resurrection Project, a community organization in Pilsen. Thank you both. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.